The Inside Vegas Podcast on the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie.ag is the official online sports book of the Sports Gaming Podcast Network and the Inside Vegas Podcast. Enter promo code SGP50 for a 50% deposit bonus today. We're also brought to you by OddShark. Get tips from the shipping computer as well as expert writing staff as well as data-driven editorial content that you cannot and will not find anywhere else. Give them a follow on Twitter at OddShark and check them out online at OddShark.com. Welcome into the Inside Vegas podcast, guys. And I guess first, apologies are in order uh, for the last week's episode. I was recording that one on lo- on location, if you will, uh, and had some some issues with the server. Essentially, half the podcast, the NFL version, obviously, you guys did not hear, so you only got the NCAA version. At least we got there with the best bet on on that side with Army Navy. I believe it's eight straight unders there. So the first half under coming in, no problem. I believe it was seven to nothing. So at least we got you with the best bet there to get you guys to the window. Um, but yeah, wanted to st- start off really and say. And apologize uh, for the second half, essentially 25 minutes of audio that you guys did not get to hear breaking down the upcoming or what was the upcoming for last week's slate of NFL games and, and what a wild week that, that it was. Uh, but we're going to be shifting focus a little bit towards the NCAA uh, or towards the NCAA football and the bowl season that is upcoming. Bowl season is, well, let's, let's talk, touch on that first. Um, you know, we can kind of joke about being degenerate and you know tell people to play responsibly, this and that. At the end of the day, bowl season is a season. I believe it's 39 games. You don't have to get crazy. Uh, bowl season is one of the most hard-to-handicap series of events and series of football games out there. Um, there's so many kind of trends and data that I'm going to get to in the show that kind of back this up, but I really want to kind of hammer that home that if you're somebody who's looking to, you know, started this recreationally and kind of, you know, seasoned yourself a little bit, but maybe it's your first time betting bowls or you traditionally stayed away from bowls. Um, I know a lot of professional handicappers that strictly kind of forbid themselves from, from betting bowls uh, strictly because they are, they can be so, so crazy. And so when we look at this, people always ask, you know, what is the number one difference when it comes towards betting uh, NCAA bowl season versus the college football regular season? And to me, when this question is asked, it's really quite simple. And to me, it becomes one word. And I'm sure you, if you've been looking at bowls, you're going to see this over and over, but it really cannot be uh, stated enough. And that's motivation. Motivation is everything for bowls. You cannot... Um, look at who is just the better team, take the better team, you know, laying a short number. Um, again, when you're doing your handicap, you have to kind of build in where these games are being played and not necessarily to say that one team gets a motivational edge, you know, based on where they're playing, but you have to account that, you know, traditionally in college football, it's a, it's a much stronger home field advantage than the NFL, more people, more noise, you know, maybe outside of a few places like Seattle at night, Arrowhead, um, that type of thing. College football home field advantage is a lot more prevalent in the, in uh, in case or instead of the NFL. And so when you look at this, all of these games are being moved towards essentially neutral site locations. Some of them are NFL fields. Some of them are baseball fields. The pinstripe bowl is always fun at Yankee stadium. Fenway, I believe maybe have a, has a bowl now. I'm not even sure. Um, so that's number one is kind of where it's played. But when we go back to motivation here, 
some people or some teams rather and players they had kind of national championship aspirations they were going to you know they had aspirations to win their conference and now they're sitting here being played at in the uh point setable or whatever whatever bowl game you know the first responder bowl any you know, there's a million different bowls these days um and in some ways it's really good that you know schools and, and players have this opportunity to to play in a bowl when they become bowl eligible but larger than you know I hate to kind of dismiss this, but the, the truth is that they're largely, um, you know, irrelevant outside of what is now the national uh, national championship playoff. And so when we break this down, like we're going to go through every game, kind of every game, at least towards week one, for week one, week two, we have a professional handicapper uh, living in Las Vegas that I've known for a very long time. It's going to come that really specializes in the college bowl season. Um, I just didn't want to do him to have him come on for the first week just because the the first set of bowl games are a little bit lackluster, to be truthful with you. So we're going to break those down solo, but this is more of a uh, college football bowl season philosophy show. Um, and so, you know, when you look at this and you say, why would a team not be motivated for a bowl game? Uh Again, uh, what their aspirations were and what their hopes and dreams were preseason comes into this. You also have to look at coaches, coaches leaving, another trend that we're going to get into. And again, all this stuff is available on SGP.com as well as a, a huge write-up that I just did for this stuff today. It's kind of the audio version of that and then breaking down uh, each and every bowl game before we get into the NFL slate. Uh, motivation, by and large, is, is what you have to be able to plug into. Um, and so how do you do that, right? If you don't have inside information, you're not a connected handicapper, you're just a, you know, a regular guy out there trying to gain an edge. Um, you have to really be, be able to dig into, you know, college teams don't really necessarily have beat writers, more student writers type of thing. Um, follow people, follow people that its job is to get that inside information, whether it be on Twitter, online, you have to be able to kind of pinpoint this. And I will say this, there is no, there's not a bigger set of games in any scenario, even outside of, of March Madness, where I take less pregame positions. Um, I take more live live game um, positions than I do, of course, over the course of the regular NCAA season, NFL, even March Madness, um, especially the NBA that is largely known for its live betting opportunities. You have to be able to almost kind of be okay taking maybe a little bit worse of the number. Um, and you know, once a team has proved to you over a couple of drives a series uh, that they are motivated to be there. I think it was Arizona State uh, playing in the Las Vegas Bowl against, I want to say, Boise State, uh, Brock Osler's, uh last year there. And this just kind of comes comes to mind because this is a shining example. Uh, there were reports all over all over town and all over Las Vegas of uh, them you know, being out past curfew, not taking this week seriously. And you see it time and time again. Um, Oregon, I believe, laid an egg to whoever it was after their national title dreams were dashed and they just didn't want to be there. Uh, there's nothing you can do. It's human nature to, you know, do you really want to get up? Some of these teams have been off for a month. Um, and some other times it, it helps them, you know, teams dealing with the triple option that we're going to get into and, and that type of stuff. So you have to be able to kind of, you know, look, you have to put a little bit more work in when it comes to trying to get inside players' heads. I mean, I know people out there, handicappers that follow, have Instagram accounts that just follow prominent college football players uh, to kind of see where their head's at during this week. And they, of course, they do it over the course of a season, um, but it is, it's much more prevalent during bowl season to kind of see where these are. I mean, games are taking place in plays in, you know, a lot of these are a rewarded vacation for these kids for the season they had. I mean, talking about, um, you know, Hawaii, uh, New York City, a lot of these uh, teams are seeing for the first time. Florida, Bahamas Bowl, um, San Diego, Vegas, of course. They're all over the world and some of the best places in the world to play a football game. Uh, and so that kind of really shines through. So you have to be able to kind of get into teams and players' heads and see what their mind state is. And so I think that kind of, that speaks to the motivation angle that is, if you listen to any podcast, they're really going to hammer that home. And, you know, it, it, it sucks when something gets beaten to death, but it really cannot be beaten to death too much when we talk about 
the motivational angle for teams coming into ball season. So when we talk about another thing was uh, coaches, coaches leaving. Coaches leaving is a huge thing when it comes to bowls, and they do this to, again, uh, do you really want to take time provide, you know, building up your team for a meaningless bowl, knowing that you're leaving. So most coaches step out before the bowls, give their, whether it be one of their coordinators, sometimes they have an interim coach, sometimes they already have their replacement in there. Um, and so they kind of take off early. Uh, and so when we look at this, uh, teams or coaches that leave their program last year, uh, there was six of them. And this trend kind of dates back Basically, it starts pre-New Year's Bowls. And the reason that this benchmark exists is kind of uh, they have a little bit less time to prepare, right? So anything, this is again, uh, out of the six teams who played Bowls prior to January 1 of last year, uh, they went one and five straight up. The only winner was, of course, was Florida State with a was a huge favorite. And I don't know if they covered that, but um, one and five straight up. Those schools last year, Texas A&M, Oregon, UCLA, Arizona State, Florida State who won, uh, and SNU. A lot of those guys, a lot of those teams are favorites um, and just did not show up that did not have coaches. And a lot of this can, it's very, you know, it makes sense when you think about it as to why teams would struggle without a coach. They don't have a lot of time to prepare. They're maybe already checked out. Their seniors are already kind of checked out. Uh, And, you know, it it sends a strong message when you don't have your coach who left for most usually a, a better job out there, which we'll see this year. So this year, three teams fit this bill, Utah State, App State, and Temple, all without their head coach in the bowl games prior to December 31st this year. As it stands right now, uh, even, you know, maybe a little bit more ominously, all three of those teams are favorites right now. Utah State currently at minus seven and a half versus North, North Texas. App State minus seven versus Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee, a very popular underdog pick right now. And Temple minus three and a half versus Duke. So if you'd like to kind of play the trend game with that, uh, I think there is some merit to it. Again, I'm not telling you here to sit here and tell you to bet everyone kind of uh, blindly. Uh, but I think that, that if you're on the fence or you're looking for a little bit of action to make a, uh, a Wednesday that you're off from college, off from work, whatever the case may be, a little bit better and have some action on a game, I think you could do worse than using that as, you know, if that's going to be your only handicap. Um, next one. Uh, the Mac, the, the Mac has, has really struggled in bowl games and Maction and Tuesday night Maction. It may really be a lot of fun when we look at this. However, that's Mac versus Mac, which in one in some ways, in a lot of ways, is what makes it so fun. But when Mac steps out of conference uh, to play these bowl games, they traditionally, much like the Pac-12, I mean, the Pac-12 was a little bit more isolated last year just because it was such a bad year, but they went winless. Um, the Mac is has really, really struggled. In the last 11 bowls, uh, the Mac teams are 1-10 in 10 straight up. In the last five years, Mac is 6-22 in 22 straight up. So as we look at this, um, again, we're only going to really cover uh, in-depth bowl season week one. Save the rest for next week. Eastern Michigan plus three versus Georgia Southern. Northern Illinois plus two and a half versus UAB. Ohio minus three, San Diego State. Toledo minus five and a half versus FIU. Western Michigan plus uh, 12 and Buffalo minus two. So again, in the last 11 bowls, Mac one and 10 straight up. Uh, yet there are one, two, there's three favorites and three dogs, um, all relatively short lines outside of the BYU, uh, Western Michigan plus 12 against BOIU. Uh, so again, if you'd like to kind of pick a starting point when you're doing your handicapping, I think you can do a little bit worse than, than just, you know, uh, putting these tools into your tool belt of, of notes aside from, uh, from a, a game. And again, talking about teams that have struggled uh, last 10 years, this is a really good nugget. This was, um, I saw this on Chris Felica, uh, one of his uh, shows on his Twitter feed was uh, putting out a, a ton of great stuff when it comes to bowls. Um, so if you're not following him, uh, I really guarantee our 
great, great follow. Um, I guarantee you absolutely love it. In the last 10 years, favorites 175 and 186 and five against the spread. Again, 175 180, and 186 uh, for favorites. So right about exactly 50%. Out of the 186 underdogs who covered the spread, 136 won outright for a 73% win rate. So if you guys have followed me for any amount of time, you know my spread is dead theory in the NFL. Uh, looks to be carrying over a little bit when we talk about uh, bowl season. Again, Fading the public is a very real thing when it comes to uh, college football and bowl season in particular, much like March Madness. Huge influx of public money. Um, people have been off, not been in college football for a month. Holidays, more, t- you know, uh, it's, let's be blunt here, a little bit more money in the wallets, perhaps. Uh, and so there's inherently there's going to be value uh, in teams that are you know, maybe a little bit worse, um, teams that aren't, you know, teams that were good are, are going to be lined that way because that's what the general public knows. Um, and so when we look at this teams winning outright, I think, again, you can largely throw the spreads out in these because so many underdogs win outright. Um, that's why, you know, maybe much like March, March madness, um, there is no better time to play contrarian uh, then when it comes to bulls, you know, I'm going to give you guys some more trends that kind of back this up uh, as a way to kind of attack your bull betting um, this year. So when it, as I touched on, fade the public. Um, inherently, there is going to be value on teams that are ranked, teams that were public darlings throughout the year, or going against those teams rather, uh, because the public is going to back them. You're going to get inflated lines. So if you're a contrarian or an underdog better, would really recommend waiting as long as you can uh, to get the best of the number, because without a doubt, uh, public money is going to come in on ranked teams, especially if they're fa- if they're playing unranked teams, uh, and they're going to come in on favorites uh, and big favorites. So when we look at this, fading the public, um, again, this one's courtesy of the Action Network. Uh, since 2005, underdogs receiving less than 50% of bets, are, or, or bet percentage, or I'm sorry, I should say this, um, receiving 50, less than 50% of against the spread percentage on the tickets. 187 and 160 for a little over plus 17 units. Underdogs receiving less than 40% of bets. 123 and 88 for plus 28 units. Looks to be your sweet spot right there is under 40%. Uh, and underdogs receiving less than 30%, 35 and 19 at plus 14 units. Again, thought process is very, very simple here. The teams that are ranked, teams that are good, you have the, uh, you know, I think it's a little bit, obviously, it's a little bit harder for underdogs to be not motivated. At least you can put that chip on your shoulder and, and see how, you know, you you are an underdog, whatever the case may be here. So favorites, it's, it's you know, reduce that break even point, play a little bit on the money line. If you're going to take an underdog in bowl season, certainly, certainly uh, recommend playing a little bit on that money line as well. Uh, this goes right, right hand in hand with it. As I was talking about fading, uh, fading teams that are ranked when they play unranked teams. Since 2005, when you bet against ranked teams uh, versus uh, unranked teams, so again, you're going to be backing the unranked team, um, usually uh, plus the points here, 165 and 155, uh, which isn't going to yield much return at all, right? Who, who cares about a 165 and 155 with juice is probably negative. Check this out, though. When you're betting an unranked team against a ranked team, 49-39 for 55.7% against the spread, and 55.7 will get you rich if you're betting big enough. So this bowl season, a bunch of these apply. Iowa plus 6.5 versus number 18, Mississippi State. Northwestern plus 7 versus number 20, Utah. BC plus 2.5 versus number 23, Boise State. Arizona State plus 4 versus number 19, Fresno State. Oklahoma State plus 7.5 versus number 24, Missouri. Houston plus 3 versus number 22, Army. And NC State plus four and a half versus number twenty-one Texas A&M. Um, again, all of these are written up at length on the article that I just put up there um, on sportsgillingpodcast.com. Uh, 
basically just kind of tips and tricks to get you, you know, thinking in this way. Um, there isn't one more kind of trick out there um, that is the college bowl or college bowl season under system. And if it's essentially a chase system, I'm never really going to add advocate a chase system just because it can get very dark and very <laughs> chase systems. Uh, despite I know people who've had success with them, um, a very prominent sports handicapper out there on the <laughs> on a different side of things um, advocates them very much. Um, has had success with them. I, I've seen them, um, but I'm just not going to advocate that one. I did put it in there, um, but there is a different way that you can go about that that will minimize your liability on that as well. But in a nutshell, guys, again, all those are available on sportsgamepodcast.com. Um, so let's get into the games when we talk about this from and against the spread perspective uh, for week one of the college bowl season. So as we get into the week one for the bowl games, uh, I think one thing I should have probably, uh, or I'm going to get into right now is is when I talk about fade in the public. And I think that there is a, when we talk about percentages, um, sometimes I don't like to give this out because I know that not, every, not everyone has access when it comes to, um, you know, the betting percentages and all of that stuff. So when I gave that out, underdogs receiving less than 50%, um, underdogs are 40%, 30%. Um, I'm going to give out the bet splits as it stands right now. Time of recording, uh, basically Friday morning um, on this. So uh, these things are, are kind of subject to change, which giving out fluid stuff like this isn't always kind of the best practice. But I just want to give you guys an idea of kind of what would trigger uh, certain plays when you, again, all the trends I gave you in the first kind of part before breaking down the week, you can certainly kind of very easily build a model on those. Uh, when trends overlap, it is traditionally a very good sign um, when it you know triggers a bet like that. So to me, uh, I don't blindly play just any one trend like that. I use trends um, with a long-term approach, so I bet them every year. And so when you don't have kind of that, or every season, every year, every game type of thing, especially in sports like baseball, football. Uh, so I, you know, it, it's a little bit different when you're only looking to maybe bet one bowl season and stuff like that. But I think it's a great starting point, especially when two trends add up. Maybe a team is getting less than 30%, uh, for example, is in the MAC, lost their coach, um, all that type of stuff. Well, whenever all those things add up, uh, I think it kind of triggers um, some, some really good stuff there. So as we break into this, uh, let's go to the first bowl game of the 28th season. Can't believe college football is, is effectively over already for this year, but as it stands now, um, way it is, right? Tulane heads to Louisiana, or faces Louisiana Lafayette um, in Orlando, Florida in the Camping World Stadium. Tulane, as I touched on, Tulane is a triple option team. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette, the good thing about Bulls, as we touched on, is uh, basically a month to prepare. And teams that have, when they're able to prepare, it, when they're going against the triple option, it really, really favors them. And for next year, kind of throw this nugget into your handicapping as well. When teams are off a bye, um, facing a triple option team, it usually bowls well for that team. Uh, triple options when they, you know, it always comes to fruition basically every single year when Clemson plays a team with the triple option, I believe this year was Georgia state. Uh, and then they played Georgia tech. So effectively got a JV version of the triple option, uh, and then took care of business against Georgia tech. So whenever you're able to prepare for a triple option, uh, for an ex extended period amount of time, that's always kind of the secret sauce into why the Navy and army game goes under every single year for, I believe the last eight years. Uh, first half and full game. Obviously, that's a little bit different as the schools are mirror images of each other personnel-wise, uh, but they go against that offense. They're so familiar with it. Uh, so we look at this Tulane-Louisiana uh, Lafayette game. I'm going to give you some uh, odds and trends, basically courtesy of Odd Shark. As always, Odds Shark is the official sponsor of the Sports Gaming Podcast Network and the Inside Vegas Podcast, available on oddshark.com and Twitter at oddshark. So Tulane and Lafayette. Tulane currently getting 51% of spread percentage bets, 49%, basically 50-50 uh, bet splits right here, 
about 2,800 uh, bets being taken on this game right now. Over under 50%, basically 50-50 across the board when it comes to side and total on this. A little bit more money on Tulane, about 70%. Again, to me, this the key here is the teams that has the extra time to prepare for the triple option. I'm going to give you some trends here. Total under in five of Tulane's last six games. Tulane four and one straight up in its last five. Louisiana Lafayette four and one uh, against the spread in its last five against Tulane. Uh, and Louisiana Lafayette eight and two ATS in its last 10 games. Um, so again, triple option, time to prepare. Uh, certainly have not gone out and bet this game. Oh, and sorry, I should mention total at 58. Again, 50-50 from the public. You're not looking to fade the public here. Not a ton of trends that are going to apply. I guess Tulane technically, yeah, it's really 50-50. So I'm not even going to count this as under 50% of the of the best bets. Extra time to prepare against the triple option. Uh, get my head, I'm going to take the team getting getting the extra time to prepare every single time. Both these teams very happy to be in this bowl. Tulane um, motivated, kind of a, you know, since they had this new offensive quarter bring in the triple option, obviously making it to a bowl game uh, is a very important feat for this program and in the, in the green wave. But Louisiana Lafayette, too much, too much time to prepare. Also, uh, I think uh, when you have extra time to prepare, it folds well for and under uh, against a triple option team that all they want to do is run the ball for four straight quarters there as well. Utah state in the new mexico bowl utah state is seven and a half point favorites heads north texas and a keep saying heads and a total sky high at 67 and a half well look what we have here we have a trend as we touched on in the beginning portion of the show utah state pre new year's eve bowl game uh without their head coach as a favorite minus seven and a half Obviously, Utah State's head coach did did so many great things for them. Basically, running the air raid, you know, part two of their offense here. And as I look at this right now, fifty two percent of against the spread ticket um, is taking Utah State. So like, North Texas essentially probably applies for the under fifty percent here of uh, spread percentage bets, which would bring you to over the last uh, since two thousand and five one eighty seven and one sixty plus seventeen. Kind of, kind of checks both boxes there, right? Uh, Utah State has been an absolute goldmine this year, especially in the team total market. If you follow my bets, you, you kind of know that. Uh, it's been an absolute a delight for this team. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. Really, finishing second in the Mountain West is was an absolute. I don't think anyone saw this this really coming from this this uh, this team and uh, Texas Tech uh, head coach Matt Wells getting eighteen point eight million dollars now is is absolutely insane now who, who was the uh utah state head coach there absolutely insane um done so many great things absolutely deserves it but to me uh it, it's ugly i think that a lot of people are going to look at this utah state team think that this could be the exclamation point on their bowl season um or on their season uh to win a bowl uh, too many things are going against them i just uh, at this point the data is too much for me to ever bet on a, a team uh that is you know um without their head coach. Uh, Utah State probably wins, but at the end of the day, I think North Texas can keep this close. To give you some trends here, total gone under in five of North Texas's last five games on the road. I guess more of a neutral site game here. Total under uh, in eight of North Texas's last 10 games. Utah State 5-0 and ATS last uh, five games at home. Utah State 5-0 and straight up in its last five games at home. Again, neither team at home here, so these these most um, trends don't really apply here, but when you have two boxes that, that, are, that are checked here, especially if North Texas or if Utah State, this would be one that I really think uh, that the public will probably have their say. And so if you're looking to back North Texas here, I would wait, maybe get to an eight to a nine. Um, uh, you know, they're going to be a lot more likely to move that number up to the 10 and, and then have some resistance there, but probably a great teaser league with North Texas up to 13 and a half, you know, seven point up to 14 and a half, that type of stuff. So um, to me, uh, North Texas with the points is the play there. This one, uh, this next game, I feel actually kind of really strongly about here. Probably it, Probably will give this one for the, for the consensus best bet. Um, near and dear to my heart, right? The Las Vegas Bowl. Arizona State 
against Fresno State. Fresno State currently a five-point favorite total sitting at 54 and a half. This one is a little bit, I'll say polarizing. Um, I don't think these two teams are very uh, popular enough to be polarizing here. Uh, Fresno State and Arizona State, both of them... uh, Basically, the first three games of these basically locked in at 50-50 when it comes to the public as well, uh, side and total, 52% on the under here, 50% of spread tickets and um, spread against against the spread percentages, uh, basically split down the middle, which I think makes a lot of sense. You've seen a little bit of this number move from Fresno State, minus 4.5 out to minus 5. When we look at this, look, Arizona State, this was a team I touched on that uh, Brock Osweiler last year was was running around town was out of you know out past curfew. It really spoke to what their um, state of mind was for this bowl. They didn't really care. They didn't really take it seriously. And everyone knows how badly uh, Pac-12 did in bowl games last year. It's a little bit different, right? You have a Mountain West team uh, who's the favorite um, by almost a touchdown against the Pac-12 team. I think that Herm Edwards, um, I'm not sure he's going to necessarily use the the point spread to motivate people, but Herm Edwards is one of the most no-nonsense coaches uh, in college football. Um, And and so there's no doubt that it's going to be the military style of a business trip. It's going to be very heavily, uh, you know, curfews, all that type of stuff. Um, And so to me, again, ranked versus unranked. I'm just going to check the boxes for you here. Uh, when you have, when you are betting on a ranked team against an unranked team, pull this one back up here. You have, all right, um, 49, 39, and one. So 55% ATS when you bet on the unranked team here, uh, which is Arizona State, obviously. 50-50 if this game takes you know money and you see, again, this is another one I think that people are going to see the ranked team of Fresno State knowing that they were just you know essentially playing for a Mountain West championship. Um, and... Uh, I think the public could have their say on this one. So again, another one that I would wait for. And, and this game is literally 50-50 when it comes to uh, spread bets on each side here. So um, wait and see if you can maybe get that other box checked. And again, Fresno, a team that I think had a little bit, you know, maybe not to start the year, uh, but definitely had you know, such such high aspirations of maybe playing in a little bit more important uh, bowl game, especially with the Mountain West, you know, being first in the Mountain West, uh, West <laughs> that it is. Uh, so to me, uh, motivation, I don't think Herman is ever going to let his guys be un- unmotivated. You know, even a three-point win gets you to the window here. So um, what I do want to talk about here, uh, more than the side, is the total. 54 and a half here. Um, to me, way too high. Seems very high. Fresno State's defense, if they choose to show up a little bit, uh, is legit. Um, as For anyone that's followed this team throughout the year, um, playing in the coverage that they did, knows how good this defense is. Um, and Arizona State as well, going to be without one of their, basically their best wide receiver and possibly the one of the best wide receivers in the draft and Keneal Harry. Harry was basically one of the best wide receivers in the country last year, or this year. Um, 213 passes for 2,900 yards the last three seasons. Uh, huge loss for them, um, which is, you know, definitely an issue for on the Arizona State time, uh, Arizona State side to back them here. I just think the motivation angle, I know one team is going to be motivated with Herm Edwards, and that is such a big deal when it comes to bowls that when you're looking for, you know, the motivational angles, um, at least you don't have that that concern. Um, much like a team like Iowa State, uh, I just think the Arizona State, for Herm, the win, is, win a bowl in his first week or first year with Arizona State would be a very, a very good get for him. We have next up the Camellia Bowl, um, and sure, I should say all these games Saturday, December 15th. Um, Georgia Southern, three-point favorites over Eastern Michigan, total sitting at 47 and a half. This one is in Montgomery, Alabama, so 
a little bit uh Georgia Southern, probably some some hometown fans, a little bit less of a travel here. Look, this is the Mac. Um, one in ten in their last uh, eleven bowl games, uh, straight up here. Um, small number, um, but I'm gonna say this Eastern Michigan coach is legit, and what he's been able to do here with this program is nothing short of, of really spectacular. Getting them to a bowl in the Mac total has gone over in five of Georgia Southern's last six games. Georgia Southern seven and two, straight up in its last nine. Eastern Michigan, five and one straight up in its last six, and the total has gone under in seven of nine last Eastern Michigan games here. Touched on this earlier, fading the knack. Um, I think you have to almost make a conscious decision to either do it or don't um, kind of blindly because when you start picking and choosing, you start looking to kind of roll yourself over. It, it can kind of get a little bit... Um, Messy, and not to say that you shouldn't go out there and kind of uh, handicap each game differently, because if you're using kind of the above guidelines, um, you know there's there's do's and don'ts, you know, pointing buy and sell signs to each of this. Eastern Michigan uh, currently only receiving 42% of spread bets, which would obviously trigger the, the bet on them for under 50%, which is 187 or 160 since 2005. Uh, but then again, they do come from the MAC, which is one in ten. So you have to kind of put your stock into which one you think. Um, to me, uh, I just think that Eastern Michigan. Uh, with this much time with this head coach is, I don't know if they can win, but I think a, a cheap buy to three and a half with the hook is is probably a good thing. Um, despite the, this says reverse line movement, some two and a halfs are starting to show up in the market right now. Um, again, with Georgia Southern taking 55%, that is definition of a reverse line movement here. So wait till, wait till kick. I think the public will probably generally line up to fade that, um, fade that under to, or fade that, uh, fade the action if you will. So uh, total again, I uh, read, read through all those for the transfer Georgia Southern and Eastern Michigan. I just think they have the far better coach with a month, month to prepare Eastern Michigan has a definite chance to win this game outright, but I definitely love them with the points at three, three and a half with a chip, uh, cheap hook middle Tennessee and app state. This one is uh, public underdogs. And, and you know, my, my theory on public underdogs that most of the time they in fact do have fleas. This is the new Orleans bowl. Uh, Last one of the first set of slates. Uh, Middle Tennessee State plus seven, App State minus seven. Total sitting at forty-seven and a half. App State, another um, another team that comes in without their coach. So as we touched on that pre-New Year's game without their coach, uh, one in five last year. When we look at the uh, bet percentages here, I think it's going to be a little bit skewed even even on that side as I bring it up here. Sorry, we have Middle Tennessee State App State currently receiving fifty-five percent of of spread bets. Wow, that really surprised me. With kind of Middle Tennessee seems like a very public team right now um, with catching these this many points. Coach son combo quarterback. Um, Middle Tennessee State forty five percent. So to me, this is you know basically two or more uh, of these boxes being checked here. Middle Tennessee State plus a seven, getting forty five percent of the votes. App State without their coach. Here's the deal. Uh, App State is a very good team. Um, don't let the name kind of fool you as <laughs> the team that beat Michigan all those years ago. Uh, this is a very good team. And a team that maybe underperformed their expectation in the spread market a little bit, uh, which I think may dissuade some people off here. And Middle Tennessee was something of a public uh, or something of a professional darling this year, covering spreads left and right. Um, so for the Blue Raiders, so uh, Middle Tennessee statement. I read some trends here. Middle Tennessee is five and one ATS in its last six as a touchdown. Middle Tennessee four and one ATS in its last five games on the road. App State five and zero straight up in its last five, and App State five and zero uh, last games at home. So last one really does not apply here. Uh, look, you got two. Um, as it stands now, at least you have two, two indicators here, app state without their coach, Middle Tennessee state getting 50% or less of the spread bets. And again, all this stuff, fluid sub changes, just kind of one, one outlook at one model. I, I've kind of chosen to, to build this podcast. I'm not to say that you should only, um, you know, take these things into account. It's just some, some things that I've seen that have been, um, 
proven to be profitable. Um, no other way to say it. So it's a, something of a good starting point here. Um, and even when you look at across the board a little bit, uh, App State definitely taking the more money here, 60% of the money, 48% of spread tickets. So again, um, you can always wait and see with this one. I think you can get a seven and a half out there. Um, if Middle Tennessee State is your play there, um, absolutely so. Uh, that kind of concludes the first game on Saturday, uh, basically tomorrow, if you're listening to this now. Um, so we'll move on over to the next slide of games, which is, pull it up, of course it got lost here. Uh, Tuesday, December 8th, UAB, return to glory for UAB at 10-3, and three, absolutely incredible year. Northern Illinois sitting at 8-5, and five. UAB, minus 2.5 point favorite uh, in the Boca Raton Bowl, total sitting at 43. What a season for UAB, um, getting their program back in, in Northern Illinois with the miracle of miracles. Um, what else would you expect when you talk about Maction, right? Um, absolutely incredible win uh, coming back against Buffalo. 30-29 uh, to 29 was the final there. 13, basically I was going 20-7 to 7 in the second half after being down what seemed like 100. I was on Illinois, Northern Illinois in that game, thought that that ticket was all but lost. Uh, was not to be, and what a comeback. Look, here's the thing about Northern Illinois. If you haven't been watching a ton of action, and at the end of the day, I can't blame you unless it's on Tuesday nights. Great defense, uh, very, very bad offense. A little bit, um, I would say the Mac version of LSU, if that makes any sense. Uh, a lot of trouble moving the ball, which is kind of even more why their uh, comeback win against Buffalo, who is pretty much the most explosive offense in the Mac, uh, maybe outside of Toledo, um, makes it even more uh, incredible what they were able to do here. So, um, couple of trends as i stated mac one in ten um definite definite issue there um in northern illinois i'm going to go to the the uh percentages right now here we go guys uab currently receiving 73 percent of spread bets middle tennessee state i'm sorry northern illinois currently receiving 27 so we have a rare one that is less than 30 percent and as i touched on at the um kind of uh, part, first part of the show here let me bring up the 30 percent one underdogs receiving 30% of the tickets, 35 and 19 for plus 14. Obviously they would, um, this isn't broken up, you know, 50 to 40, 40 to 30 this is inclusive of the other one. So 123 and 88 for under 40% as well and under 50%. So definitely, definitely in that sweet spot for a contrarian underdog and a team, I definitely think has the defense to win out right here um, for sure. Uh, this game opened just as kind of looking over consensus openers now, basically minus two and a half offshore, looking around at um, some shops in Vegas, starting to see um, some threes, oh, some two and a half twos. Um, three has not popped out of the market yet, thought it had. Uh, to me, if I could get Northern Illinois three, it would definitely be the move. I probably will end up buying a cheap hook to Northern Illinois plus three. The defense is too good. Um, and I think that this is the first opportunity you have to really, really uh, fade the public here. Um, and a contrarian underdog receiving that little amount of love from the public, um, I think usually shapes up for for a pretty pretty good bet when you're talking about applying just these specific types of of kind of trends uh and stuff like that so um middle tennessee or uh northern illinois an absolute gross gross dog here but believe me you'll be happy you invested in them uh with the defense that they they at least come the 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 issue will definitely be the offense if if they can keep up with uab and obviously looking maybe probably towards an under there um but then again they did show up uh with buffalo so Wednesday, December 19th, we have the Frisco Bowl. San Diego State heads, uh, faces, I keep saying heads to, San Diego State versus Ohio. San Diego State comes in 7-5, and five, Ohio at 8-4, and four, total sitting, in at, sitting at 54. Yet another MAC game. I um, want to get that one out there kind of first and foremost. As it, as it stands right now, Ohio receiving 53% of spread bets and San Diego State at 47 total, sitting at 
47 and 50, I'm sorry, 37 um, towards the over and 63% of, of bets towards the under here. So obviously um, people really expecting, it seems a little bit weird to see an under that big uh, on San Diego State. I'm not going to sit here and tell you a ton on this game. Rocky Long, traditionally a, a very good bull head coach. Um, wish he could really almost get a triple option here. Would, would A triple option team would, would have been even better here. I'm going to read some trends for you. San Diego State, 17-8, and eight, straight up in its last 25. Total is going under in six of San Diego State's last nine games. Ohio, 5-1, and one, straight up in its last six. And total has gone over in four of Ohio's five games. Look, I, I really don't have a ton on this game when it comes to breaking down these two teams. I know... Uh, yeah, their feed sports gaming podcast, Sean Ryan, Colby, absolutely love this team. This team has not been, um, I want to say themselves. It's just, I think they had a little bit of a disappointing year, only at seven wins, seven and five, um, fourth in the Mountain West. Expectations were a little bit higher than that. Um, I mean, losing to Ohio on things on right after Thanksgiving, um, November 24th was really the down, the start of kind of their downfall. Um, when we look at this, uh, they lost their last three games to end the year, UNLV, uh, basically, yeah, UNLV against Fresno State and against Hawaii, one against New Mexico, lost against Nevada, Nevada, lost to some bad teams. When we look at Ohio, eight and four in the MAC, not a ton of, of notable wins, right? They play in the MAC. I certainly understand that. And I just, I understand they probably do have the better coach with San Diego State. I just don't have much on this game. I'm not going to sit here and try to break down stuff for you that um, I, I really just do not have at this point. Uh, Marshall and South Florida. Uh, again, this is kind of why we, we, I kept this one solo for a lot, for, we have a, a nice guest on next week to kind of break down the um, much better slate of games. We're going to go run through the whole thing, including the college football playoff. So, so this one's going to wrap it up for the slate. Marshall minus two and a half. South Florida fifty is with the total at fifty-five. Gasparilla Bowl. This will uh, wrap up your week, not essentially your week one, but um, until we talk again on Friday, December twenty-first, when we uh, lead off with FIU and Toledo. Going to the uh, bet splits right now. The reason I bring this up is Marshall currently getting sixty-two percent of spread bets. South Florida at thirty-eight, and again under. Um, 40%, 123 and 88 plus 28 units since 2005. Um, again, I've chosen this to, this lens to kind of look through stuff just because I it's something I've used to kind of be profitable in the past. And I think that you can, it's a good example on how to kind of build a a model for yourself, right? And and these were all trends that I certainly not smart enough to see and come up with or, or you know, go back and, and, and build this myself. I just, I really wanted to use this as uh, kind of a platform to how to build um, a very simple model when it comes to college bowl handicapping. These are just, these are just the criteria that I've I've used in the past. This is the criteria I've looked at and know to be to um, effectively create a model. So if you'd like to use it, that's all the power to you. Just kind of showing you what the data points at right now. And this is less of an X's and O's handicap for all of these games, as you as you could maybe you're wondering. Um, I really didn't give you anything when it comes to. Um, X's and O's handicapping, you know, what this team runs maybe outside of two lanes, triple option really. Uh, but that's because to me, bowl games, you have to be much more numbers inclined. You have to be much more motivationally focused than you do then simply who is the better team, what style of offense that they run, all that type of stuff. Um, so that's kind of, kind of conclude the, the first, uh, slate of games here again, obviously with this system, Western Michigan, I'm not sorry, Western Michigan, um, South Florida would be the play based on that as well. Um, Again, just one way to look at this. Obviously, different shows and, and, and different outlets out there are going to break this down, break teams down, you know, uh, completely disregarding Fade the Public, disregarding all these trends that I just gave to you. Uh, and not to say that they're right, not to say that they're wrong, to say that I'm right or vice versa. Um, the last thing I want to break or break down when we start talk about bowls here was what I left out in the beginning when I talked about the what I wrote in the article, um, the total, the chase system on the totals. Um, 
This came from a Reddit user a, a very long time ago. Um, I wasn't going to put it in there because, again, I, I think that chase systems are genuinely very bad. Um, but I think you guys can obviously handle it and make your own decisions. So I'm going to throw this in here. Um, you take the first half under for one bet size. So it's effectively one unit. If it wins, you stop. If you lose, you put two units on, on the second half under. Profitable last, or nine of the last 10 years, 37 and three, two years ago, for plus 27. Here you go. Uh, the chase system last year, um, I really tracked this last year. Chase system went 29 and 9. Uh, but here's the thing you have to remember. For those nine losses, you have to effectively times it by 3.3. Assuming you're risking 1.1 in the first half under, if that loses, you're risking 2.2 to win two on the second half under. Um, so nine times three, 27, you know, plus three, essentially 28, 29 units. Um, so basically like a minus one. Um, here's what you can do to kind of stop this. Um, you can pass on a pregame position on that first half total. Um, watch it and watch it good. Watch it like a hawk. If the first half total goes over the number, play the second half under. You don't have to put that initial stake on one to, and then if that loses risk two, effectively giving yourself a minus three, 3.3 really, assuming to win one. Um, that would have went 11 and six. Um, so again, I'm going to read this both. The first one is the traditional chase system. Uh, take first half under for one unit. If it wins, you stop. If it loses, you put two units on the second half under. Again, profitable nine in the last 10 years, 37 and three last year for 27 years. That was two years ago that that, that one was tracked. I tracked it personally last year, Chase System, 29 and nine. Um, again, you got to count those nine as, as essentially three losses though. Um, if you did it the way that I do it, which is if the first half, first half uh, under... If the first half total goes over, I uh, play the second half under uh, 11 and six. So basically plus four um, with juice and everything like that. So um, that'll kind of conclude the, again, it's not a great slate here um, for college bowls, but I think that there's a lot to be gained by kind of, you know, seeing how to build a model um, based on trends um, and how it can be used. And again, you have to kind of make the conscious decision to back these, you know, every time when it comes to one like the Mac or, or that type of stuff, when you pick and choose, it really defeats the purpose. Um, but that's kind of why I, I chose this, this portion to, to develop a model in front of you, basically telling you what the criteria was for the first half of the show. Um, and then the second half using it to, uh, implement it. And basically the plays on this, uh, you know, giving that particular model, uh, would have been bring this up right now. Um, North Texas plus seven, uh, seven and a half, probably out there. Uh, Arizona state under probably one of my favorite plays, not even a, um, model based one Arizona state again, currently, um, just took some money against Fresno, took some money, 62%. So Arizona state also qualifies there. So Arizona state, Arizona state under, uh, Eastern Michigan plus the three, uh, middle Tennessee state. Um, Nope, that one's not it. And Northern Illinois and South Florida, as well as fading coaches gone, um, particularly with App State. Is that something of a double dipper? Um, and Utah State as well with North Texas. So um, those are the plays again. Uh, best bet for college bets for this upcoming week. Let's go with Arizona State under the 54 and a half. And we're going to break into the NFL in just a moment. But before we do that, as always, the Inside Vegas podcast on the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie.ag is the official online sports book of the Sports Gaming Podcast Network and the Inside Vegas podcast. For all of bowl season, enter promo code SGP50 for a 50% deposit bonus up to three grand today. We're also brought to you by Odd Shark. Get free tips as well as all the trends I just gave to you guys from their supercomputer and expert writing staff. Give them a follow on Twitter at Odd Shark and oddshark.com. So to kind of wrap up bowl season again, kind of fun to, to build a model um, right in front of you, giving you the criteria um, and then using it um, to see what plays that it would spit out. Um, I think what we'll do is we'll use that criteria for all of bowl season. Um, when something does, I'll, um, I'll post them up on the podcast page. So if you go to sportsgamingpodcast.com, um, where the podcast page is, you'll be able to see um, the official plays each week or each game. 
just check back the same way that um, I did the MLB picks or Colby does that. So they'll be updated um, every week. So we'll do the week ahead for um, bowl seasons. It'll be kind of fun to to track and, and see how, um, you know, building a model for all the algorithm and model handicappers out there. Again, it, it doesn't have to be some crazy math algorithm. What we just did was effectively building a model. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed that part of it. Um, we're going to just kind of briefly glance over the week that was in the NFL, obviously. With all the bulls and everything upcoming, we're not going to take too much time on the NFL. Um, of course, Sean and Ryan do their weekly picks podcast um, on the Sports Game Podcast Network regular feed over there. Just going to read uh, kind of rapid fire anything uh, news and notes of that came from last week. Um, again, wrote this up on the five things that we learned last week. Uh, Carolina absolute free fall again, losing to Carolina twenty twenty six one in five, I believe, or one in six on the road now. Uh, Green Bay and FU mode. Um, uh, nobody will probably believe me, but the other best bet given out was Aaron Rodgers and FU mode. Green Bay minus the number there last week against Atlanta, easily coming in. Um, another thing to point out here. Uh, tried to give you guys uh, spend a little more time on the NFL last week because I knew it wasn't going to this week. Obviously, being lost in in the World Wide Web space doesn't help, but uh, Green Bay, after a home game, now 16-0, last 16, 4-0 this week. You can go back and check it. One of the most profitable trends to bet on. Um, Green Bay had a home game last week. You have another one this week. Um, Green Bay has Chicago point total at 45 uh weather should be bad so you're kind of taking your taking it into your own hands there although the last time that these two teams uh did meet green bay 23 24 23 16 green bay 35 14 30 27 so definitely have been some overs in there um but just a, an absolutely phenomenal trend shout out to uh, our boy spread investor for was actually the person uh, that gave me that one so that one does apply again miami uh over new england 34 33 in the miracle of miami the AFC's podcast, uh, or the, I believe it might have been the first ever episode of Inside Vegas that we did with Boston Caperon, told you to fade the Pats in that spot. Uh, for whatever reason, cannot play in December. That's the second one in a row. Outright, I believe Miami's covered their last uh, six. Dallas and Philadelphia, effectively a playoff game there as well. Um, Dallas pretty much ending Philadelphia's season. Wentz being hurt, going down. Uh, there's someone who, who kind of bought some some late stock into Philadelphia there uh, to win the division. Crushing blow, crushing blow there for for Sean and his Eagles. Uh, wild Thursday night game though, man. Uh, say what you want um, about the refs or whatever happened there in Kansas City with the PIs. Uh, I get it, but Philip Rivers and company. This as crazy as the season as Casey has seemed to have. Uh, they're actually tied now, uh, eleven and three after Kansas City. Falls to the Chargers, 29-28 in Arrowhead. Phillip Rivers was 0-9 or 0-8 in his last nine uh, against the Chiefs. Kansas City built a huge lead uh, at first, and and this Chargers team is different. I, I wrote this up as well. This this was a win that the Chargers would never be able to have, much like the Pittsburgh one. Uh, this this Chargers team is a little bit different here. Um, and Phillip Rivers, effectively the third the third favorite. Um, Mahomes and Breeze have been going back and forth. Mahomes just retook over the lead. Breeze got as high as minus 500, had a couple bad games. Uh, and so Mahomes was effectively minus 140. I think Breeze was, or um, Rivers like eight to one, but maybe you'll see some odd shifting there for anyone looking to buy and sell. As always, check out uh, Prop Swap for, for any and all um, hedging or, or buying tickets there. Uh, crazy, crazy game. Uh, Houston minus seven over the Jets is the current line right now. Total sitting at 41. Cleveland. Uh, two and a half point road underdog uh, to Denver. Don't really have much there. Um, Atlanta double digit favorite over against Arizona. Baltimore seven and a half. Um, Lamar Jackson being being touted as the guy now. Um, absolutely huge there. Detroit off a off of what Detroit does. Now it's beat up on bad teams and and more specifically what Matthew Stafford does uh, in the spot. I know it's road Stafford. I know it's a low total. Um, but I think that this. This Detroit team beats up on bad teams, um, and I don't think Buffalo or, or what Josh Allen is, despite the rushing yards, um, 
is real. So I would really lean towards Detroit there. Green Bay heads to Chicago, six point. I mean, what, what, it's, what a time to be alive with Chicago's almost a touchdown favorite over Green Bay, right? Um, Indianapolis minus three over Dallas, total sitting at 47. Washington and Jacksonville minus seven and a half. Um, Pittsburgh and New England really on down through the line. Um, not a ton of, you know, quote unquote marquee games. I think we'll spend a little bit of time on this one. Um, get, we'll get out with an NFL best bet. New England nine and four, Pittsburgh seven, five and one. Um, Pittsburgh, all of a sudden this game is must win. And when you look at, I mean, much like Carolina, right? Pittsburgh all of a sudden lost three straight after winning uh, six in a row. Um, very streaky team. Uh, kind of goes without saying. Uh, this is... Um, this to me is a dead nets over game. I'm not going to sit here and bore you with the the model metrics of what says this and this. Look, this is Pittsburgh at home. You know you're going to get the best version of Pittsburgh putting up over 28 and a half points per game. Um, this is not road Pittsburgh losing to the likes of Oakland um, and some of the drugs of the NFL. Um, and this is New England off a loss. And you don't New England off a loss traditionally ATS and straight up one of the best bets um, in the National Football League. So tons of points here. I think that New England. Uh, is, is going to score to keep up, right? If that's your word, because Pittsburgh has basically scored 28 port and over every single home game this year. Um, I feel like New England to win this one probably definitely get close over the total here, sitting at 52. Um, wanted to bring one up though for the best bet for inside Vegas, and that's Minnesota Vikings. Um, been bet up a little bit. There was some minus sevens. Uh, basically, Minnesota took some money effectively in the last couple hours. Um, this is the ultimate buy low. And sell high um, as Miami heads to Minnesota, effectively the key here and laying about a touchdown on Minnesota at seven. Uh, Miami off the Super Bowl. That is the Super Bowl. That is what they, every year they think that they may not admit that, but beating, beating their division rival in their house every year is a game that they undoubtedly get up for. Um, in Minnesota, when you look at this, really finishing a very, very tough stretch here. Uh, yeah, they went basically one and three killing their season here, but they had at Bears uh, versus Packers. Um, they had at Pats and they had at Seahawks, uh, which is a much better Seahawks team than people are really giving this team, than giving them credit for. They finally start, um, you know, getting basically two out of the last three are at home here. Uh, this Minnesota team is a lot better than that. And uh, believe me, nobody's been on the fade. Kirk Cousins first winning teams now four and 26 in his uh, career against winning teams. You know, the, I believe he's over seven on Monday night or primetime, whatever the case may be. This is the ultimate buy low sell high. You're getting a, a premium discount. Um, on a effectively, you know, a pretty good team just had a really, really tough schedule break this year. As Miami is off their biggest win of the year in Minnesota, off a really tough uh, loss, be six and six and one on the year again. Season effectively done here, but losing one out of, or winning one out of the last four, I think, is or one out of the last three, really not indicative of who this Minnesota team is. They beat up on bad teams, and I know that Miami is technically a winning team. So the the Cousins four and twenty six backers are going to come out of the woodwork here Miami's not a winning team if they lose that game uh they're six and seven so I'm, I'm kind of giving the Kirk Cousins a little bit of a pass here I know I'm kind of picking choosing what I want to back and trends and stuff like that but ultimate buy low sell high spot for Minnesota in a get right game so we'll go Minnesota minus seven uh my book at AJ would get on it fastest so minus seven and a half are, are starting to show in the market for the consensus best bet so um Hope you guys join us. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the bowl kind of how to build your your model model for dummies episode of the Inside Vegas podcast for this week. Next week we'll do a super super deep dive into all the games. Uh, professional handicapper on who really specializes in bowls waits all year for this. Um, so can't wait to have him on. Uh, professional handicapper living in Las Vegas. I've known for a very long time. So hope you guys enjoyed it. Please, as always, rate, subscribe, and review.
It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter, and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.